0: Folks, welcome back to 98.5 The Vibe FM. Reports are coming in once again that that old hag off the corner of Spadina in Dundas is throwing bucket loads of something into the street from her third floor balcony. Some say it's feces, others say it's shit. I say who gives a fuck, let's get back to the music with a new one from Armin Van Buren. So it's called This Is What It Feels Like, featuring his good friend Trevor Guthrie. Don't you touch that dial. Stay for a while, because we're coming with nothing but the city's best hit music all night long. Folks, I'd like to welcome you back to the program. We keep getting a little bit of interference there in our studio here, high up in the hilltops of Calgary, Alberta, but we are back. And, um, I, you know, a lot of ways it just, it pains me that this isn't a daily show because there's multiple listeners to this program that rely on this as their news source. So if I'm not coming out with episodes every other day, you know, it's an issue because a lot of people like this, you know, they don't have a fucking clue what's going on. And you can understand where that becomes an issue, but we're back. It's episode number 79. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to play the numbers game again. We haven't done this in a couple weeks. Couple episodes. Episode number 79. The number 79, what does it mean to you? What does it mean to me? In terms of the NHL, it means Andre Markov. He was with the Montreal Canadiens from 2000 to 2017. He had 572 points, 119 goals, 453 assists in 990 games. Markov had seven seasons with at least 40 points, three with at least 50, and an all career high, sorry. 64 points in 78 games. In 2008-2009, Markov is the only player in Montreal Canadiens history to ever wear the number 79. In terms of NHL, honorable mentions are Alexei Yashin, Michael Furland, and Carter Hart. Maybe not as much of an honorable one now at the end there. But Michael Furland, man, he got hurt or something, eh? I think that's why he's not up there anymore. Talk about when that guy came up into the NHL with the Flames. I think about like that playoff series with Bieksa. He was ragdolling Bieksa all over the place. That was a good hockey player. That was an amazing hockey player. Probably one of the scariest people I ever played against in my life. Certainly never really went near him in any regard But a a good honorable mention there was 79, but Andre Markov, he was a stud. And it's hard, you know, it's for me to just openly say that about a Montreal Canadian, not a huge Canadians fan, but how do you argue with a guy like Markov? He was a great player for a very long time. So that's the number 79, the best number 79 in NHL history, right? Again, this is bar trivia, okay? I want this to be, I want you to be sticky with this. Retain this knowledge and use it to your advantage in business scenarios, all right? Going on in the NFL here, we got Rosie Brown. He was a left tackle for the New York Giants from 1953 to 1965. Inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 1975. He was on the NFL 100 all-time team, the NFL 75th anniversary team, and he was a 1956 NFL champion. Must have been pre-Super Bowl. I'm not even sure how old the Super Bowl is. He was on the all-decades team in the 1950s. He was a 9-time Pro Bowler, 8-times All-Pro. He was selected in the 27th round of the 1953 NFL entry draft out of Morgan State, 321st overall. That's crazy that football was that popular back then, that the NFL draft could have 321 people getting drafted into it, let alone that our boy, Rosie Brown, wearing the big 7-9, coming in that's good that's good information I never knew, I, you know I didn't know about Rosie but now I do going on to the MLB Jose Abreu he's a pretty easy candidate for this one there were not many other options this guy like when I saw Jose Abreu I was like man this guy I feel like he's been around for a long time and, and he has now I remember when he came into the league sometime when I was at Out of high school for sure, but he's already been in the league for 10 years. His 162-game average includes 30 home runs and 109 RBI. Over a 10-year career, that's your 162-game average? I'd take that any day of the week. He was with the Chicago White Sox until he joined the Houston Astros for the 2023 season. Jose Abreu is an MVP. He's a former Rookie of the Year. He's a three-time All-Star, a three-time Silver Slugger, a winner, and TSN's Major League Player of the Year one year. He wears number 79 for the White Sox, and he continues wearing that number today. Today. And interestingly enough, moving on to the NBA, nobody has ever worn the number 79 in the NBA until I started doing these little number things with the pod I guess I never put much thought into, you know, again, not a huge basketball guy. Love the game, though. I mean, I respect the sport and the athleticism it takes to excel at a high level, at an NBA level. But I never really thought about how, you know, there's a significantly less people on the roster than other sports, you know, compared to football and whatnot. Think about all these numbers they have in football. Nobody has ever worn the number 79 in NBA history. Which, I mean, makes sense in terms of basketball. A little 7-9 might look a little funny on the back of a basketball jersey. But for reference, the numbers that have never been worn in the NBA are number 58, 59, 64, 69, 74, 75, 78, 79, 80, 82, 87, 97. This article says here, there's a very obvious reason for the league never allowing a player to wear number 69. What would that be? Mel Engelstad wore it in the NHL. Not sure if that was a joke or not, but it happened. Folks, episode number 79, so happy to have you here. A little bit of a cold snap here in Calgary, studio headquarters for the program. It's cold today. Last two days, it was like minus 21. It's, um... It was really nice the last couple of weeks, like, you know, an abnormally mild winter up here in Calgary, not hundred percent complaining last year. I think it was minus 20 for about three months straight. But this year, you know, a week ago, a week ago, I was about to get the bike out in a month prior to that. I think like the last week of January, I had the bike out. I was ripping on the bike path middle of January. Like that's, you know, it's been a mild winter, but here we go. It's going to be one of those springs out west out in Western Canada that just you know it teases you you know you get the shorts on I got the shorts on the other day I went out to go to the store or do something I was wearing I just wore the shorts and there's a, that's always like I don't know it's like a first kiss for a Canadian you know it's like oh, that first time you throw the shorts on you know it's too cold to to actually wear them but like you just want to show to yourself like hey it is getting nicer out here and and I do enjoy myself and I do enjoy the little things I'm trying to be one of these guys lately that gets like a routine down i've never been very routine oriented on my own behalf you know there's things like back when i used to play hockey it was great for me you know you wake up you have a routine most leagues you have games on similar times like the weekends you know monday to friday practice at the same times you kind of get a little bit of a routine down without even having to develop that yourself and then, you know, stopped playing hockey last year being the first year. And I'm not going to lie, I'm still, like, trying to get back into the groove of, like, i got to find a routine that works for me instead of, you know, back then it was that's what the routine was and you got to find a way to adapt to it. Again, didn't play in the NHL or anything like that, but it's still, nonetheless, you know, it's a routine like anything. So I've been trying to get back into that, you know, wake up early, you know, find out the right time to work out feel like definitely working out in the morning is better hard to do but there's nothing worse than you know going through the work day and knowing that you have to hit the gym after work you know there's nothing like that little voice in the back of your head all day that you're fighting with like oh i gotta work out i gotta work out and then maybe that little bitch voice in the back starts going oh like yeah, maybe i don't have to today you're a little sore maybe you should rest like uh you know you don't need it today you worked out hard all week you know that's the voice you, you don't you can't you can't fight that all day getting the workout done in the morning then that voice is gone for the rest of the day you know maybe that other little voice the big the the, the, the you know the good voice in the back of the head pops in and he's like you know what you're feeling pretty good how about you work out again good little bitch boy how about you work out again? Are you big and strong enough yet? Answers no. Hit the pavement, fella. Sometimes that voice can creep in after if you get that morning workout in, which is nice. It's nice to do that. But um, what I've found that I really enjoy is perfect thing to do. If I travel, you know, I travel a lot, so that that's that's another problem that it's been hurting my routine. Finding the right one. It's because, I know, a lot of what I do for work, I spend a lot of time in hotels. So that really breaks up the routine. But what's been working for me right now when I'm in Calgary is, again, try to work out in the morning. Get up at a decent hour. Try to get up at like 6 a.m. I I certainly don't do it every day, but I try to. And I'm, I'm trying to do this as best I can to make that a habit. But I like really, you know, you do your work, go through the work day, and then, you know, If it's 5 o'clock, you get the dog and you go to the dog park. I have a dog. And honestly, you know, a lot of people, I always, I had a dog growing up. So people, I've heard people say like, oh, like a dog, like so much work. I'm like, it's so much work. Like maybe when they're puppies, but when they're puppies, like it's so fun because they're so little and, you know, it's fun, like trying to train them and stuff. Like I just find like, what a dogs, I guess, the work that goes into it is kind of like work that I personally need. Like, having to take your dog outside and go for walks and stuff, like, I need that as much as the dog. So, I've been getting in this routine of just, you know, trying to get the dog out. That's how I end my work day. Get the dog in the car and we head over to the the dog park. My favorite one in, in town's Edworthy, for those people in, in Calgary that might know, but it's just a good open spot. You know, you can walk around. There's, there's always a lot of dogs. My dog's very social. Likes to get out there and, and, and play with other dogs and you know, it's nice to get them all tired out. But I just find, like, you know, dog people are so fascinating. Like, and I'm not a crazy dog guy. Like, I, you know, maybe people view me like that from the outside. I don't know. But I like to think I'm, you know, pretty, pretty even killed dog owner. Some people are a little crazy. But that's just, like, anything, right? Especially with, like, dogs are so popular now. All kinds have dogs. Some people get way too into it. Some people more than others. But, like, the other day, I'm walking my dog. I was probably on the weekend. It was only a couple of days ago before this little cold snap, it was still nice out. And we see these three women, you know, not middle age, not a little older than middle age, but you know, not seniors or anything like that. They're in that range there. And th- so they're walking the three of them and you know the dog, there's a bunch of dogs around. It's a very busy day. It, it must've been the weekend. Now that I think about it, how busy it was and how nice out it was. All these dogs are ripping around and this, this dog just like, you know, runs up, you know, Dogs are friendly. They like, especially at a dog park. Like if you're walking around a dog park and if a dog comes up and sniffs you, you know, pretty much par for the course. Pretty much expected. But this, this caught like this made my head turn. I just hear this girl like, "Oh, sorry, I won't be able to pet you because, I, you know, I, then I'd have a really jealous dog at home." And like she's saying this to the like her two friends she's walking with. Not one of them walking with a dog. Not one of them with a dog in the middle of a very busy dog park. And she says that, oh, like, can't touch that dog. You know, I have a very jealous dog at home. So I don't know if that even be the case, which your dog might think you're cheating on you. That seems very odd to me. But like this poor dog that ran up to you. I'm a dog guy. This dog's running up to me to say hi. And I don't go reach out and give it a little pat. That's weird behavior to me. Like I said, I, I honestly just wanted to haul off and slap her. The second she said that. Like what what the fuck are you doing then strolling through a dog park on a Sunday afternoon? Blue sky day, Calgary, springtime almost. Awareness. Lack thereof. And then I had another scenario today, and this is the second time that I was confronted with this. And I immediately thought, I gotta I gotta address this on the podcast because I don't know if I'm in the wrong or not. But I've been going down the same park a lot over the last year and a bit since i moved back to calgary and this happened in the summer once and i I didn't think it was that weird but today it felt very weird because it was minus 21 when this happened so you know those like electric bicycles and i mean not bicycle more of like an electric motorcycle the style that are literally it's just a dirt bike that goes a little slower and just sounds like an rc car and for some reason, most of the time when the people are riding this, they are decked out and I'm not joking, like the body armor. I The guy was dressed up like he was in the 2008 X Games Supercross Tour. The the gear he had on, the full face helmet, the, the chest pad, the elbow pad, the knee, like he had the full, the full kit. And anyways, like I hear, they have a very particular sound. It literally sounds like you're like whining, I don't even know how to explain it sounds like you're winding up like a, a salad uh, strainer when you're trying to get the water out of your romaine. That's kind of what these things sound like when they're coming around the corner. So I'm like hearing this and I'm like, what the fuck is this? And like we're in the, we're in the woods and it's kind of like a, t- not a tight trail. Like there's there's some room to maneuver, but I'm just like getting the vibe that like this guy's just coming right at me and like I I feel like I don't have to move. You know, I'm like, I'm, I'm walking on a trail in a dog park. This guy's driving a fucking... This guy thinks it's ATV Offroad Fury, 2009 on the PS3, and I and I'm and, he, and I'm, the vibe I'm getting is that I gotta get out of the way of the path. I just wanted to. I just stood. I just kept. I just held my ground. I just looked at him. I just kept walking. I didn't break stride. I'm just like, and and then like I could tell that he was kind of like the way he was so close to me, it was kind of like he was. I could tell that there was a vibe. It was like you know why isn't this guy getting out of the way, and I'm like. Why is this guy driving a electric dirt bike through the dog trail in minus 22 at minus 22? I'm freezing I'm trying to get back to the car and now I gotta dodge off-road electric vehicles? Doesn't seem like my job. But then in my head I'm like, dude, this guy's armed to the teeth in fucking body armor. And he can't fucking on this off-road electric vehicle, he he can't take a detour off the fucking path? Buddy, if you if you're just gonna stick to the path, like take some of the gear off i wanted to be like i literally was like i wish you got mad at me i wanted to be like buddy how many duis do you have to need this for a mode of transportation or a hobby how many duis do you have and i've seen the price like i've seen the price of some of these things pop up on like marketplace from people you might have known or worked with in some hilarious capacity in the past these things are not cheap buddy go buy a fucking dirt bike Go buy a dirt bike. Like I saw a guy selling one the other day. Someone I knew on Facebook from growing up was selling one for like 10 grand. Looked exactly like this contraption buddy was ripping around with, with the art, with the steel cage from the Knights of Columbus museum on for body gear. I, I that's where I was like, dude, you got it that much gear. Like, what do you, t- what do you stick? It? You're driving that on a dog trail in an off leash area. And, I, and I'm getting the vibe that i got to get off the path. It's minus 20. I'm trying to get back to my car. It's snowing out. You know, like I don't, it, what am I going to do? Just get into the trees? Should I just wade off into the trees? Just wait for this guy to do a couple laps? I don't think so. Tell me if I'm wrong. Reach out to me if I'm wrong. I don't know. But I, I, I you know, I, I, maybe I don't get it. I'm an avid cyclist. Not avid, but I definitely like to get my bike out and hit the road. i got a nice road bike. And when I'm on the Calgary bike paths and pedestrians have no time of day for just like, hey, I get it when we got to share a path, that's fine. We'll, we'll all work it out. But when there's like a bike one and a pedestrian one and we just can't figure out like, hey, like let's let's tighten it up here or like, hey, if we're on the bike path that's shared, let's show a little bit of awareness and like let's just keep it tight here. Let's not um, act like, you know, the cyclist, you know, hopefully will dodge me. So... I'm thinking maybe I'm looking too far into this or not far enough because I don't know how I would feel if I'm on the electric, the electric off-road dirt bike cycle. Nor do I ever plan to be. But again, tell me if I'm wrong there. Folks, interesting article I came across to the point that I thought, I, I can't believe I hadn't heard about this yet. This, is, this came out February 16th in the Toronto Star. February 16th, that's almost, that's 11 days ago. This is the first I've heard about it. Toronto man gets prison for tricking men into anonymous sex through hole in the sheet. Through hole in sheet. In quotations, right below the title. It is the violation of personal integrity and the neg- negating of the victim's right of self-determination that makes these offenses serious. Well, I'll fucking imagine. Warning, this story complains explicit details of sexual assault. On two separate occasions in 2020, Tony Sphere tricked two men into believing they were talking to a woman online and invited them over to his Toronto home to have anonymous sex through a hole in a sheet hanging in a doorway. The ruse came to an end when the second man pulled the sheet down to find Sphere cowering on the ground in a black wig in which he was later arrested. Was he arrested in the black wig or after this event? Not clear, Toronto Star. Ontario Court Justice Kathy Mocha convicted the 33-year-old of two counts of a sexual assault given that the victims had been misled about their identity of their sexual partner. On Friday, she sentenced him to 28 months in prison, 14 months for each count. He'll also be on the sex offenders registry for the next 10 years. I hope so. I guess so. It is the violation of personal integrity. And that's what the below the title said, and the negating of the victim's right of self-determination that makes these offenses serious. Saphir will be seeking his release on bail, penning the outcome of his appeal of Mocha's decision. His lawyer told the Star he maintains that he was wrongfully convicted, and that his convictions rested on legal error. Where's the legal error in that? In her previous decision convicting Saphir last September, Mocha found that the two victims believed that they were talking online with a woman and were going over to her home for a, unquote, glory hole scenario. That is a hole in a wall or other material through which people can engage in typically anonymous sex. Thanks, you, Toronto Star, once again. As instructed, the victims walked into the home and put their penises inside a hole in a sheet hanging in a doorway. Oral sex was performed and then it became penetration without warning which both victims believed was anal. This is in the article. Their identities are covered by a standard publication ban, I guess. Mocha rejected Sphere's testimony that the men were, in fact, communicating with a woman named Angela, who he said had access to his home. The judge concluded that Angela was a fictitious person created by Sphere. In her recent decision Friday, Mocha found that there was no evidence of real remorse or appreciation of harm done on sphere's part, and that his offenses involved a fair degree of planning. This is okay. This is the judge. The method he used of the glory hole using a wig, telling the victims they had to be quiet so he wouldn't have to speak to them, all helped to maintain the illusion that he created in his communications that the victims were engaging with a woman, the judge said. The two victims now question their judgment and feel self-doubt and guilt. As with most victims of sexual assault, they wonder if they are somehow at fault for what happened or they could have done more to prevent it. They feel shame and are unable to confide in those close to them. In the defense of the the uh, offendee here, again, not a lawyer, don't know this criminal jargon, who's meeting someone online? And, and goes right directly to the house and is instructed to stay quiet will lack the communication and you're just going to fly into this house and put your cock through the sheet you're just going to throw your cock in the sheet and you know what hoping that whatever's on the other side is Angela and who you were texting I for one probably not going to go through with that I definitely am not going to try what's this fear character's doing and, and okay well this is I, I need to find this is um this is the defendant <laughs> this is the defendant for the uh the guy getting charged Sphere. but dolly had suggested that the effects of the covid 19 pandemic led to poor decision making by sphere but mocha said there was no evidence of that people <laughs> many people during the pandemic had difficulty making personal connections and were creative in how they dealt with it mocha said Mr. Sphere is here because he committed criminal offenses that negated the ability of the victims to choose how and who they engage with. Folks, this is not funny. This is just a little bit fucking insane. On both accounts. First of all, I don't know who's trying to catfish guys with a glory hole in the fucking corridor. But I also don't know who's showing up to this house after just talking to someone on an online platform and just throwing yourself through the hole in the sheet. And, and seeing what's on the other side kind of crazy scary if you're listening to this and you're on these apps i'm this is probably reason enough just to. i'd just delete them all you got to delete them all we have to delete them all immediately there are sick things going on out there sick things going on out there i'm just happy that i'm you know knock on wood here i'm just very happy that i'm not a single man having to deal with that right now because if if i don't know Maybe they're right though, you know, COVID-19, times we're lonely, you're on lockdown, maybe you're alone, all you can get is the person to tell you to come over with the hole in the sheet and to keep quiet. You know, at that point, we probably thought it was the transmissions of the speaking. There were places that were telling us not to talk as much because it could transmit COVID more. I might have made that up, but I feel like that actually did happen. Here nor there, that's fucking crazy story. And my heart goes out to these two guys, the victims here, because that's a tough one to explain how you got yourself into there. Again, totally wrong with this fucking creep fears doing. But I've got we gotta vet the scenarios, boys, about that. We're putting in a little bit more here online. Okay? We gotta vet the scenarios here. This is fucking insane. Alright, I just want to... we got to move on from that. we got to move on from that. Um, This was a wild one. Again, I don't know. I downloaded Apple News on my phone yesterday for the first time. And I just started reading articles. And I'm like, you know what? Some of these are just... Maybe I shouldn't read the news. Because a lot of this, what's going on there is crazy. Some of my American viewers might not know what I'm talking about here. But for anyone in Canada, I'm sure without even realizing it, you're going to know who I'm talking about. But those guys that go by the name The Danger Cats. The Danger Cats, Canadian comedy trio. Uncle Hack is the one guy's name. He's like the only guy I really recognize from him. I mean, I've seen the other guys in a couple things. But you know what they look like, The Danger Cats. I'm not even going to like, you know, not going to throw anything up there. But like their logo is kind of like, I don't know. It's like an old metal logo. Like they have the one... Uh, their one shirt the guy's always wearing, it looks like it's like the Guns N' Roses album, but instead it says Danger Cats, Appetite for Spite, something like that. These boys got themselves into some serious hot water. Outrage is growing at a t-shirt offered for sale by a comedy troupe featuring Robert Picton's image. As Angela Jung reports, family of those suspected of dying at the hands of the serial killer are disgusted beyond measure. So for those who do not know... Robert Pickton is probably the most notorious serial killer in the history of Canada, in Canadian history, for sure. So for years, Robert Pickton killed women on his pig farm in Port Coquitlam near Vancouver, B.C. before he was arrested, 17 years since he was convicted. A t-shirt has surfaced showing Pickton with a grin and holding a slice of bacon with the words that read, Picton Farms, over 50 flavors of hookery smoked bacon. Hookery. So the, this guy apparently was killing a lot of uh, people involved in the sex trades, uh, sex workers. A lot of these women were indigenous. So just I a, mean, I mean, I'd probably leave this one alone. Maybe not turn it into a play on words. I don't know. But uh, there, yeah, people aren't people are not too happy about this. Okay, there's a video on it. Global News did a story on it. Um, one of the victim's cousins, you know, was on the uh, getting interviewed, being like, "This is so disgusting for them to refer to my cousin as a flavor." That's why you know it makes me want to puke because they're they're straight up mocking it. And again, this girl's cousin, Tanya Holick, she was 21 years old when she disappeared. And evidence against Picton included body parts, multiple bones found in pigs pigsties and several DNA samples found throughout the property so this guy was a sick fuck this Robert picked in I believe he was I don't know the whole story I think he, he was killing lots of people he was originally charged with 26 murders but 20 of them were stayed I'm not sure what that means they must have been not convicted including Holick's and in December 2007, he was convicted of six counts of second-degree murder and sentenced to life in prison with no chance of parole for 25 years. For 25 years. Like, at what point do we, like, what are we doing? We're gonna let this guy out? Potentially? He might have parole in 25? It's like just fucking, I mean, sounds crazy to me. But, uh, so yeah, this this shirt was being sold on the Danger Cats website and it is marked as sold out. I pulled up I tried to go see their merch, and I, I I don't see it. It does not. It is not no longer up there. But this story that I'm reading, this article from from Global, it's released February 25th, so only two days ago. In the news story, they said that uh, Global News reached out for comment, but da- the Danger Cats never got back to them. The Danger Cats, uh, they didn't get back to them. So. They've had multiple shows canceled apparently now. I didn't even know they were touring. And honestly, I got to say, you know that thing about like no bad publicity? This is terrible publicity, obviously, for what they did. But I mean, like I, I never I never put much thought to what the Danger Cats were. Like I recognize the logo they have. Uh, I mean, they have a bunch of basically Fuck Trudeau merch. They got one of, uh, they got the iconic Trudy hoodie for 59 69 Picture of Trudeau doing blackface. I mean, again, I'm not their clientele. Um, Danger Cats, uh, their one logo is, it's like the, ja- the Jack Daniels. It looks like that, says Danger Cats. Instead of uh, Tennessee Whiskey, it says Canadian Piss Tank. If I wore that out in public, I would kick my own ass. I, I truly would. You, like, also, I, I don't understand, like, Who buys merch? Who buys merch? Like at no point in my fucking life, at, at any point have I ever thought a podcast is so cool that I want to buy the merch. Like I saw, like I saw a buddy, like a guy I played hockey with. He came into the the room once, wearing a Spit and Chicklets shirt, and he immediately just got torn apart by the in, the entire team. Like I just feel like it's not really something you do. Like I, truthfully, I think nerds are the ones buying. I mean I've bought a band shirt and whatnot if you consider that merch maybe I'm a music nerd but I'm not buying the danger cats merch the only comedian I've ever given a dime to away from shows and whatnot is Tim Dillon I pay for his patreon get a couple extra podcasts a month the guy's hilarious I've listened to him for over four years he had one merch drop about an episode called fake business if you just can go if you've never listened to Tim Dillon just go type in Tim Dillon fake business episode and you will understand at how hilarious that was and why I thought it was funny. But this isn't funny. I mean, you know, there's certain, I get it that comedies, you know, it's not, not every joke's for everyone, but hey, my cousin was killed by a guy and then I see merch coming out. Yeah. Maybe I'm a feel I mean, I'm probably a little pissed off too. Okay. Uh, so people are very pissed off and I, I guess they've made jokes about residential schools and whatnot and yada yada. You know, again, there's just like, I mean, I I just, you know, whether you can create content about that or not, I mean, it's just kind of one of those things I probably wouldn't. But again, to each their own. You know, we we can't tell these guys what to fucking do, but people are not happy. So the comedy troupe is on a cross-country tour, and two of its shows have been canceled. Venues in Winnipeg and Thunder Bay have decided not to host the Danger Cats over backlash of the group's jokes about residential schools and unmarked graves. Esther Maud, a Thunder Bay resident, felt compelled to write to the local venues when she found out that the group was coming to her hometown. just makes you cringe, you know, to know that that came out of a man's mouth in front of people and hearing people laughing in the background, thinking that was funny. Like, it's not funny at all, Maud said. Maud said the jokes were racist and is looking for a sincere apology from the Danger Cats. Until that happens, she'd like to see other venues cancel their shows. The group is scheduled to perform at the House of Comedy in New Westminster. Next month, you know I do not. Um, not sure if I. I don't know. I'm not sure if I see these boys getting canceled or whatnot. Also, they're Canadian comedians, like a Canadian comedian troupe, Canadian comedic troupe. I mean, I know this guy is from his social media. He's got. He's on TikTok. He's one of those guys that I kind of find like. There's a lot of those Canadian content guys that they, they just like, I feel like the Canadian accent's a little forced. It's a little pushed to be part of the gag. And sometimes I think we're all guilty in Canada. Like if you're up, if I'm down in the States and someone goes like, oh, like, where are you from? Like you have an accent. Like I start to get the vibe that like they might think I'm Canadian. Oh my God. They can tell. Oh, yeah, I get a little fired up, get a little horned up with that Canadiana. Maybe I throw an extra A or Yadari, after something I say, throw a little sugar on it. But a lot of these guys are, I don't know. Also, like the, I don't know, just the like the Trudeau bashing sh- merch. Just a low-hanging fruit, dude. Don't think that's that funny. Says they're coming to Calgary, though, March 17th. All right, guys, something to think about. Something to think about. But I won't say it's it. It's not a cool shirt. But, uh, I mean, people do dumb shit not making light of the fact terrible things happen to many women at the hands of this Robert Picton, this sick fuck who's locked up somewhere, hopefully getting slapped around in the jail yard. And yeah, I mean, but if we're going to go into that debate, I mean, you know, people are always going to think certain things comedians are saying aren't funny. People can take offense to comedians, but I think, you know, comedians say whatever the fuck they want. Not of all of it's gonna be funny to everyone, and that's just the way it is. Not everything everyone says in the world's gonna be right. Not every fucking merch drop's gonna make sense. This one certainly didn't. This one really didn't. But uh, yeah, kind of a fucked up thing. Again, kind of two for two, like uh, very, very odd stories, kind of to to lead us off with here. But here's on to our third, potentially final story. This one kind of made me laugh. You want to talk about an odd business idea. It's kind of, you know, it's it's it is a good idea benefiting people I I certainly don't feel bad for. But former NHL wives launch business to help athletes relocate after a trade. In quotes. It's an awesome idea. Not sure why you'd put that in the title. But Annie Montoya used to crack a standard joke each time her husband found a new NHL home. Montoya's husband, Al, spent time with six NHL teams during his career, never playing in one city for more than two seasons. At various points, they lived in Phoenix, Long Island, Winnipeg, Florida, Montreal, and Edmonton. And when factoring in AHL stops in Hartford, San Antonio, and Bakersfield, the Montoyas had a chance to see a pretty good portion of North America, albeit without a chance to put down permanent roots. So, this... Basically, company has been created by former NHL players Al Montoya and Keaton Ellerby's wives. Annie Montoya and Lauren Ellerby. So, I guess both of them had experienced numerous times... I mean, and it would suck. You know, you get traded. You know, husband's got to basically probably hit the plane in a couple hours... And then, uh, you know, mom, wife is sitting there looking after the little munchkins, the kids, trying to figure out if you can cancel the water bill without being penalized and, and leave the house overnight. Imagine the stuff these people are throwing. So, yeah, it would be a racket having to deal with that, um, especially like, you know, Al Montoya. That guy played on a lot of different teams. And God bless his wife because that's, you know, that would, that would not be – Hard to deal with. I mean, that would not be easy to deal with. And um, Lauren Ellerby, I believe the same kind of thing. She is, uh, you know, they've had firsthand experience in, you know, lo- closing vacated homes, basically. So what they've done is they've created this business. This article's out on The Athletic. You can read it. But their company is now called Pro Relo. www.proathleterelo.com professional athlete relocation service you click on their services leave your relocation to us in-person move management ensures secure and trustworthy handling of your home and possessions that schedule and coordinate movers packers and shippers on-site oversight of contractors close up the vacated home assistance with pet relocation and vehicle transportation provide help with customs for cross-border relocations keep your head in the game and your family together Professional athletes and families can vacate transferred from city immediately without needing to return for belongings. Provide a new city consultation, schools, neighbourhood services on site in new city to accept incoming movers and shippers. Oversee the unpacking process. Set up new banking, international plans and utilities. So first of all, to the common man like myself, when I hear like, you know, wives of an NHL superstar or something like that, bitching about, you know, having to deal with some shit when the, when the when the trades happen, instantly I don't feel bad. But that does not negate the fact that this is a great business decision. We're talking about people with a lot of capital that are trying to avoid headaches at the snap of a finger. So apparently, Zach Bogosian, Zach Bogosian, again, been, this guy's been in the NHL for a long time now, which is crazy. It's starting to make me feel old how long some of these guys have been in the NHL now. That came in, in my youth. But uh, that guy's been all over the place too. He's played in a lot of different places. And he was traded on November 8th, apparently. Like, they just picked up the kids from school. And all of a sudden his phone rang on like a day off or something. And it was like, hey, hey Zach, you're going to Minnesota. He got traded from Tampa to Minnesota. And apparently hours later he had to be on the plane. And then uh, I think he played in uh, Winnipeg. With Montoya and Ellerby. So I think all the wives kind of knew each other. So, what do the wives do? They reach out and they get their first client for Pro Lilo Professional Athlete Relocation Service. And I don't know what they did. I don't know if they got bodies. I don't know what the hell's going on. I read something that said, like, um, Ellerby's wife. Eller, Keaton Ellerby is now the a coach or head. Uh, he's a he's a coach. I don't know if he's the head coach, but he's with the Prince Albert Raiders in the Western League. So she's apparently just like running the running the business, st- from a computer somewhere in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. And then I don't know if um, you know Montoya, if she's just humming around, boxing up shit for the Bogosians and and she's humming around with a U-Haul, and she's she's here and there and everywhere, or if they have employees. But you know, to the common man, like myself, this business will kind of make you shake your head, like, "Oh, fucking come on! You can't fucking order. It. You can't. You can't hire a mover." So the businesses will just do this shit that all has services available for it, but you don't want to deal with. Which again, the snap of a finger. These people, you know, they gotta do. They're they're busy people, right? Like they gotta get in the stands before the game, then getting up in the family room and get some chicken fingers and chicken wing, like. You know, they want to get up and see the family room at the, new, at the new arena, right? So they're not going to hang back and pack up the fucking house, all right? What they're going to do is they're going to reach out to pro-relo, professional athlete relocation services, and they can get there and check the fucking hot dogs at the next rink sooner than having to deal with the stinky mover from freaking Tampa Bay. And then what? You're going to hop in the truck with him between Gus and bus in the bench seat of the mover's truck, and you're going to drive up to Minnesota with them? Maybe put the jolly jumper in the back of the back of the transport and let the kids jump around. No, it's not a playground back there. This is business This is, serious. This is the National Hockey League You're going to get up into the wives section Get the kids out into the daycare room and the family section in the family room and you're going to get back to living that wag life, baby That's what this fucking, this is what this does Common man, again Myself, we shake our head We don't feel bad, but there, there's business there's, there's, If you can create value for someone Let that be a lesson to you Pro relo. Pro relo. Something to think about. Folks. Like, we gotta think about the direction of this program. Right? Where is that direction going? Is it is it a number one news source? I mean, it, it's turning in to be that. And it it's not it's not again I, 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 there will be definitely nothing but stories, great laughs, great guests. But this, I don't think we can't, we can't reiterate the fact that this, this is a news source. This isn't a political podcast by any means, not a political podcast, but it is a news source, right? From an independent journalist. And, um, yeah. Okay. So folks, this is episode number 79. It's been amazing being with you all. I thank you for the opportunity and I'd love to talk with you all soon. And that will be when we hit episode 80. Folks, we're leaving the 70s. We had a great time with you the last 10 episodes, but it's time to move on to 8 0. All right? Thank you so much. May God bless you all.